When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This is Raise Your Voice as part of the D-Raise Bay Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brett Rutherford, and joining me on this week's episode is D-Raise Bay senior writer and one of the co-hosts of Who's on Worst. He's a frequent guest on Raise Your Voice. He's Darby Robinson. Darby, what's going on? Hello, Brett. Uh, I am am doing well. I am in... The Northwest and thinking of everybody down in the Tampa area that's listening to this that are about to face landfall of a big hurricane. So I we're up here. We have a volcano that doesn't really erupt very often, um, but I've definitely lived through enough hurricane uh, evacuations in my time in Florida that I, I know how that goes. So, um, yeah, thinking, thinking of all my family that's still back there uh, and and all friends that are back there. So uh, stay strong, everybody, with that. Yes, definitely. And hopefully, you know, if you have power and uh, can watch the Rays game while you're home from canceled work or school or whatever else, and maybe, you know, listen to Raise Your Voice. But if not, yeah, definitely stay safe, evacuate if uh, you've got evacuation orders, and uh, we'll we'll get through this together as 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 Floridians and Darby as a as a former Floridian. So, uh, Darby, uh, we're, we're getting closer to the end of the regular season. The Rays have not yet clinched a postseason spot, but um, it would take a minor miracle for them to not make the postseason at this point. With that being said, I've got to ask you, where where are the vibes right now? Pretty terrible. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> terrible, Brett. Um, so, September coming into September, or ending August into early September, the Rays rattled off about a 20 and five uh, run. That was like pretty great. Like they, they started getting some people back, started to play good baseball, win some games they were supposed to win. And the vibes were starting to look good. And that was, that was really important because they did what they needed to do there to set them up for a very killer September. We all had circled it. We saw the, the teams. It was the hardest September of any team in the postseason competition. Uh, and then you probably had like Baltimore and Toronto just behind him because all of the AL East played each other down the stretch and everybody in the AL East is tough. Even the Red Sox who had a pretty terrible year still have Sander Bogarts and Raphael Devers and some good pitchers. And like, they were a really good team last year with pretty much the same club. So basically everybody is good. Baltimore who are bottom dwellers are the team that is hunting for the postseason, like everybody in the AL East is good. Everybody has to play each other. And when the Rays aren't playing the AL East opponents, they're playing teams like the Houston Astros, who are the best team in the American League by far. So yeah, the vibes are tough because you come into this being like, you just need to go 500. And the Rays have been a worse than 500 in this like kind of brutal stretch. For the month, they've been right around floating, right around 500. And so they're doing enough but it just feels bad, right? They're, they're doing just enough. 
to survive, to tread water. Baltimore's not winning enough to gain enough ground and their time is running out. But that's not a good vibe. It doesn't help that like the Mariners are also bottoming out and their vibes are terrible because that just means like the Rays are stumbling into the postseason and they're going to maybe even be in the wild card too because the Mariners are stumbling in worse. Yeah. And then Baltimore is going to like slow down. Like you want to go into September. You want to play meaningful baseball in September, but you also want it to mean something. You want to win games. You want to get Gatorade showers. You want to get like excited at the end. You want to clinch with like some wins, not basically waiting around after another loss to see if Baltimore lost. And they did. So like, okay, cool. Our magic number dropped one. We just blew another save. And now our magic number dropped one, but like, yay. And so while the Rays, like, again, the, the odds are all in the 99 or 98% range, you know, whatever site you look at, Fangraphs, Baseball Reference, um, Pakoda, like every, all of the, you know, uh, baseball perspectives, I should say, like all of them are like at that high confidence interval because after all of these losses, after all of this bad vibes, you still look at the standings and you're like, okay, you're up three and a half over Baltimore, which is actually four and a half with the tiebreaker. They got the tiebreaker against the Blue Jays. It, it's all there. It's all just enough, but you just want it to be a little bit more. And, and that's yeah. not there right now. And that's why the vibes are really bad. Real quick, not to pull us off of the, the vibes convo too much, but the, the, the tiebreaker has I, I i think it's my least favorite part of the new playoff format we talked about the new playoff format and how we 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 liked 10 better but you know expansion was inevitable 12 is better than 14 we'll take 12 uh but the elimination of game 163 where it's like you're looking at the standings like you said the one point orioles three and a half back but they actually have to you know just eclipse the rays they gotta you know pass you know fully pass them um i don't know i just it's it's a weird part of it's not how baseball was ever really played. You would always know, like, all we got to do is catch up, right? Just we get one more shot if we if we catch them. Now it's like you got to fully pass them. You don't have the tiebreaker. I have to like try to track during the season what the season series is at. I don't know. Don't love it. Uh, but what I will say about the vibes and the Rays, uh, like you look at the last four seasons, right? 2018 pr- projected to finish last place by almost every website outlet writer. Uh, for whatever reason, some valid, some invalid reasons why they, they thought the Rays would would stink in 2018. But you win 90 games. And for a while in September, you dance with the idea of the postseason. But I think most Rays fans weren't heartbroken when that didn't come to fruition. I think you were just very happy with 90 wins. 2019, obviously, you do power into one of those wild cards. You, you beat the A's in the wild card game. Like The vibes were, were great there. You had a young team, a young core. Um, guys like Willie Adamas really taking center stage, um, becoming franchise players for the Rays. 2020, we're just happy to have a season. You have the best record in the American League. You win the pennant. 2021, even though you had the d- uh, division, um, you know, pretty much locked up for a good chunk of the season, you were chasing 100 wins. And they got to 100 wins. You're expecting another great postseason. But the September vibes were different. Like you were always chasing something. There was always something to look forward to. And I know the Rays danced with the idea of overtaking the Yankees in the AL East as early as a couple of weeks ago, um, but you really needed a, a lot of things to go right, including a, you know a sweep of the Yankees in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And when that didn't happen, I never felt like the uh, 
like the jeopardy, like the, Ooh, we might not make it. This is exciting. Like, it, you know, mm-hmm. something to watch the suspense. Right. I have never felt that. I've never thought like, Oh, Baltimore is just going to blow us right by. Uh, but I also haven't felt the excitement of like, man, I really hope we finish in the first wild card. I know I want the home games. Don't get me wrong. I want the home games, but like I, I turn on the games every night, but it's not something I'm like, like super excited for. I'm like, ah, oh, another, another regular season game to get through tonight. Hopefully everybody stays healthy. I think that that's maybe a big se- section of that, right? Is the health. It's like each game is just waiting to see it, who like has to like call to the trainer. And so you're like, I just don't want to like, I want to just skip all the games. We just like, you know, postpone these last nine and then have Baltimore lose about uh, five uh, out of their remaining 10. And then they clinch the season. (laughs) Don't even have to win a game. You know, just stay at like whatever, 84 wins or whatever. And that way you're like wrapped in cellophane and you're like healthy. I think one of the things that September really, and, and here's the thing, we're talking as fans right now. Um, and I'm, I have a hard time of even like taking off my analyst cap for this and just like, it's all just like pure unadulterated fandom. The games have been really miserable because like they're all close, but like, like, I think you're right. Like they haven't really, they really haven't meant anything. They, they mean something because you're, you're counting down and the clinching will be fun, but it's also like, yes, you beat Toronto, you get to host at home, which would be greatly helpful but also like it's still it's still like you're in it's not the threat of like win or die it's really like win in position but really getting healthy is more important and like lining up your pitching is more important it's less important to actually succeed so when i think of it from a fan perspective i'd like to see some wins because i'd like to just see like the team play well sure up some things and like get some wins end like this last road trip like on a high like maybe a winning road trip like six and three something like that would be like really exciting just to like win out to the end of the regular season you know not just like fall to the wild card three slot even if it is maybe more advantageous like strategically you just don't want to just be like getting enough and then just like sailing into the harbor however from a team perspective, I don't know, like maybe the vibes are fine and they're just like trying to like get through games and when they clinch, they'll still be happy. And like the champagne will taste sweet. And then the postseason, it's a totally different animal. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. Are, are the vibes great though in the clubhouse when uh, he's, he's batting right now, Yandy Diaz, as I watch uh, Tuesday's game live, he didn't start. So he must be coming off the bench, but. Yeah, him and Randy Rose ran on a reported dust up. Now I don't want to get into the details of like what could have caused it, or you know they say they're fine now. They're they're both in tonight's game, but it it does feel like the vibes might not be as good this year as they have been in years past. Like for example, I stopped wearing my um, not interesting nor charismatic Rays T shirt because it doesn't feel like a like a joke anymore like it doesn't feel ironic it just feels like that's who they are this year and so i would always get people asking me like what the shirt meant in the past but i could explain to mm-hmm. them like oh it's kind of like a joke the team wears it and you know they they enjoy it but this year it feels like we're just not really super interesting nor charismatic there's really exciting players but like it does see feel like a very it's been a grind you know all year a lot of injuries 
a lot of 500 baseball. I mean, most of the months have been about 500. They've been a little bit above, a little bit below. There's been, it's been a, basically a 500 club with a 20 and five run. Yeah. And that's all you need in a regular season. If you stay, I mean, if you stay, if you did that and you were 500 every single month, but one month you were 20 and five, that's a hundred win team. So yeah. that's good, but it doesn't feel good because you'd rather have like win streaks and lose streaks. Honestly, what's really funny is like looking at the, the team, the, the, biggest losing streak is still four games they've not lost five in a row but it feels like losing three winning a game losing three lo- winning no a game, runs losing one of those four stretches. then winning like four gets you right around 500 again but it feels terrible <laughs> it I mean, feels and, terrible and part of that is because they're not as they're they're not as well obviously this goes without saying they're not as good as last year's team mm-hmm. uh but Last year's team, for really the first time in franchise history, the Rays are always going to have elite pitching. Uh, most most years, they're going to have really great defense. But last year, they were a truly elite, if not the best, offensive team in baseball. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. go out and you bring in a guy like Nelson Cruz. And we can talk about his struggles with the Rays, but still an exciting name that really made you look at the lineup card a little differently. You had Brandon Lau in there. You had Austin Meadows in there, um, who was who was a proven major league hitter. Uh, it was a more exciting team to watch, and part of that's because of the injuries this year. But you look at the lineup card, and you're like, "Oh, I hope, I hope he can produce in this spot tonight." Or, "Ooh, I'm not, I'm not sure about him batting sixth in in this lineup that led the Amer- or second American League in runs last year." So, I think obviously, guys that left, your Joey Wendell's, your Austin Meadows, um, but also guys that are hurt, Mike Zanino, who had a career year last year, Brandon mm-hmm. Lau. Kevin Kiermaier, Brett Phillips isn't around anymore. Like it shouldn't be a surprise that the vibes maybe feel a little different when you don't have a guy like Brett Phillips in the clubhouse and in the the dugout and been playing in games most nights. The biggest thing has been the injuries. I mean, you 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 still have taken away for the vast majority of the season Brandon Lau and Wander Franco, who are the two best players, two best position players on the team. So, like again, you take away two of the best position players, you're going to have a worse team. That's not you've got super, rookies to replace like, him, Taylor Walls with Al Bruhan. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna go through those those tough stretches. It's gonna be tough. And like I think one of the biggest kind of frustration points this year was not only do you lose those guys, you lose Mike Zunino, who was 30 home runs last year. And even if he doesn't produce that, you still kind of would like to have like that threat of like a 15 to 20 home run pop from the catcher. And they've gotten good production from their catchers and good defense too, but it's still it, it, it's different, right? And the offense is different. This is an offense, and for a long time, people have really kind of clamored for an offense kind of like this, which is a lot of contact, a lot of balls in play, that type of thing. They still strike out quite a bit, but they're more contact-based. They're, you know, base-to-base team. But the base running has been inconsistent. They, ha- they lead the league in outs on the bases, but they also still produce enough runs through base running that it's, more in the mediocre range than a awful. That, it's still not really want, like the Rays were great base running last year. It's still gotten worse. Yeah, exactly. So they've they've been worse at base running. They're not awful at base running, but they are definitely giving away more runs than they should. And then they they have not been able to produce as much runs as they should through that, or the, as they have in the past. The walks, the on base percentage has been bottom like 10 or so slugging and and power has completely dried up. You know, you don't have Austin Meadows who did not have much power this year either. He was injured and for most of the season had a really rough year, 
but you don't have Mike Zunino, you don't have Brandon Lau, you don't have power. Like there's no, and, and I think a lot of times with the amazing pitching that the Rays have had, which has been a, a bright spot, you kind of need to sometimes like lock into a bloop and a blast to win a game. And I think right now the Rays need about three to four good events per inning to generate runs. And the biggest issue is it's things like the pitching staff or the bullpen have now become real sources of frustration because of the fact that they can't hold like two, one leads or three, three, two leads. But in a way, like every bullpen, you know, every reliever is going to have like a a random home run here and there like they're gonna have like a bad inning but the fact is now any bad inning and it's like that's the one chance to win this week like you needed that good <laughs> inning. like you needed to hold like yes it's a very close you game spend all your allowance like, in one day like that's too much like yeah you you have to be perfect every time out like if shane mcclanahan gives up four runs like it, you're okay whatever you you toast you're just a series sweep right there there's nothing you can do so like those are the problems right now is that like even the good pitching like like a Brooks Raley giving up a three run bomb right he's been fairly flawless very few home runs given up but he's given up three big home runs and three big bad performances that led to blew a save against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium blew a game against Houston and then blew a game against Toronto that's it. That, that's pretty much the only bad things he's done this year on the field. Uh, <laughs> but like, this is the three things that like, that still counts. Like those are three big games. And like, if anybody makes a mistake, there's nobody to like pick them up. There's no like offense to be like score a couple runs after a blown. And that's, that's been where the vibes have been tough is like without the home runs, without the power, without the ability to just kind of like get a cheap two two run yeah. inning to like maybe get back the cheap home run that was given up. It's really tough because it feels like everybody has to be perfect. If you give up a home run as a pitcher, as a reliever late, that's it. You're not getting that run back. This, this game is, is over. It's a tough thing. You you just need some of those games to kind of like switch up to like, kind of get that feeling. And that hasn't really been September. And, and for the most part, it hasn't really been this year. No, it's, you you had a few players last year with with some career seasons. Mike Zeno, Brett Phillips had thirteen home runs. Joey Wendell, I mean, just continued to be a really good everyday player. You know, when he can stay healthy, he is every bit an everyday third baseman in the big leagues. Uh, this year, there's been a lot more experimenta- experimentation, moving guys around. Your constants, I mean, your constants have been Randy Rosarena and Yanni Diaz, the two guys we just talked mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Um, G. Troy just has just completely disappeared and starting to get back on the right track, but it it wouldn't shock me if we've seen the best days of G. Troy's career, and mm-hmm. it's not going to get any better from here. Um, the bullpen, while, while I'm still super confident, you're still missing Andrew Kittredge, who was your best reliever last year. You're still missing J.P. Fireisen, who now is going to be a big league record holder for most uh, innings in a season without giving up a run uh, with his mm-hmm. like 22 innings, but still obviously an, an incredible reliever, a guy they did a lot of work with when they got him in the Willie Adamas trade. Both of those guys are gone. 
you've, you've got Pete Fairbanks, you've got Brooks Raley, where, and going back to the Brooks Raley thing that you mentioned, it feels like it's probably just been some bad luck. But remember early on in the season, he had a lot more low leverage usage, like Kevin Cash were bringing mm-hmm. in the fifth or the sixth. And we had like a healthy lead and we're like, didn't we pay like $10 million to sign this guy? Uh, and he was just, you know, coming out and, you know, getting two outs in a fifth. It, it felt like he really did well in those low leverage situations. And like you said, though, those three home runs he's given up have, have all felt like they've been bone crushing, no chance of winning this game home runs. Uh, so I hope that trend doesn't carry into the postseason. I hope it's just some some small sample size stuff um, because I do like Brooks Raley as a pitcher. And we we now know he's going to be able to pitch in uh, whatever postseason series the Rays get. Uh, it sounds like Canada is going to be lifting their their vaccine regulations or some of their vaccine regulations at the end of September. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the the vibes could get better uh, when a certain someone makes his debut the day this will come out on Wednesday, makes his 2022 debut. We'll talk about him right after this quick break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back on Raise Your Voice. We we talked. We spent the whole first segment of the show talking about how how bad the vibes were right now. Even though the Rays, um, you know, have a, a shot to win ninety games for another straight season, and are headed to the postseason. On top of all that, they're getting who was maybe a top three pitcher in baseball when he went down last year. Um, Tyler Glass now is coming back, making his debut the day this is dropping on Wednesday. Not really sure uh, how stretched out the you know it, it, he's planned to get. Uh, we know he was throwing kind of two innings at a time in Durham and the plan of the big league level TBD. I'm sure the Rays have a better idea of it than we do, but they also might be playing it by ear. Uh, but Darby, first off, what... <laughs> How exciting is it to get Tyler Glass now back? Oh, I mean, it's incredibly exciting. I think we, last year, there was, we all kind of were trying to get, break out the calendars and look and be like, okay, maybe, maybe he could come back in September, end of September, which is, which is kind of pushing it for, for Tommy John surgery. Because you also need, with pitchers, you need a ramp up. It, it's not just get healthy by like the end yeah. of September. It's, you need to get healthy by August. Yeah. to be able to then start throwing a baseball and then get, you know, your arm built up because you're, because the Rays were never going to just throw him out there and let him build up in the majors. That's, that's obviously a dumb thing to do. And the Rays are one of the best teams at rehabbing arms. Like everybody that has come through the system that has come through their kind of rehab uh, programs have always praised their professional uh, professionalism and their ability of like kind of keeping people on track and really prioritizing that health as they kind of work their way back, not rushing things, really taking their time. So they weren't going to do that. Tyler Glasnow wasn't going to do that either. He's, he's smart. He knows that like he has a very bright future ahead of him and Tommy John surgery is definitely not the, the end as it used to be. It's, it's gotten better and better and better as the years have gone on as medical advancements have happened. So you kind of were hoping last year that you'd get to this point, but now 
seeing him do his rehab starts in Durham, getting those like highlights, seeing the velocity be Tyler Glass, no velocity, upper, upper nineties, um, sitting mid to upper nineties. That's, that's what you want to see. You're seeing the, the sharp break on that curveball, that unbelievable elite curveball. So you're like, okay, this guy, this guy can be coming back and you get the extension with him uh, yeah. signing that extension. That's an exciting thing. So him coming back and knowing that it's not like maybe the last two like appearances or three appearances of Tyler Glasnow, but like this is basically, he's coming back for a taste to try to help out this team that's that's trying to make the postseason and try to make a run. But really it's like, let's kick some, some, some rust off mm-hmm. and be ready to be a potential Cy Young candidate next year be the ace, be one of the top five pitchers in baseball. Like that's the goal. That's the ex- expectations. That's the bar. So that's, what's exciting. It's like tomorrow is a step on the way. He's not going to go a complete game. He's not going to throw a perfect game, but whatever, however long he's in there, if it's like three ups or four ups, if it's going to be three innings, four innings, we're going to see, but basically it's just going to be nice to see him throw competitive pitches again, back in the majors and whatever role whatever length he can give every inning he's in there he's probably the best pitcher the Rays can throw out there it's it's him it's Shane McClanahan in terms of best stuff before his injury it was Tyler Glasnow though like he he it's basically him to Grom like there's there's a I still put Garrett Cole in that in that too Garrett Cole like there's like a very small short list of pitchers with the stuff that Tyler Glasnow has and yeah. that that's a very elite list i really think that's the Terzer and verlander when in their heyday in their prime i'm not sure at this age they're quite there they're still great but prime verlander prime scherzer that's that level so maybe otani as well like it's a pretty short list so that's what's exciting with tyler glasnow is when he is healthy and on there's very few in baseball that has quite the the elite level stuff that he does yeah, I agree. And we know he's going to be starting on Wednesday. I, I don't imagine him coming out of the bullpen in the regular season. Once we get to the postseason, though, I mean, I'm a, he will start games. Um, but we've also seen him, you know, pitch on short rest in the ALDS in 2020. He only threw two innings. But again, similar situation mm-hmm. as to what he's going to be taking on here. And the Rays, you know, masters of blurring the lines between starting pitchers and relief pitchers. It's like like you said, okay, Tyler Glass now, Shane McClanahan, they have the best stuff in the race staff. The next guy is probably Pete Fairbanks. And you're not just looking at these guys as, okay, we need Glass now to get us five so we can turn it over to the bullpen. Do you, you, you don't need that. You've got a lot of really good outgetters, so much so to the point where, uh, yeah, Corey Kluber, I don't really want to see him in the postseason rotation. But you might get to a situation where Jeffrey Springs' role changes into a multi-inning reliever. And what a great guy to have out of your bullpen. We've seen how effective he is as a starter. So to have glass now, even if he's not seven plus inning glass now, which he has never really been in his career. I mean, he was last year and then he got hurt. Um, so I don't know what he's, what his career looks like moving forward, but just having him for one, two innings, maybe three innings in a postseason game adds so much depth to your bullpen. In a, in a backwards way, it gives you so many more options because 
you can go you can go to a three game series, McClanahan, Glasnow, Rasmussen in that order, mix it up, figure out what you want to do with the rest of the arms. That just adds a level of confidence that wasn't there a week ago for me in this race team. Well, and we we've seen, like you mentioned, the the the, the game seven against the Yankees. You saw or game five against the Yankees. You saw in an elimination game how dangerous and how how good like a two inning last now could be. You know, you get yeah. two innings, suddenly that's that's the first crack of Judge and Stanton. Mm-hmm. Right. Now now they're now they have maybe three more at bats. You've already eliminated one. Maybe they gets around to him and he gets them twice. Now you have two more at bats to worry about with those two elite hitters. You you kind of start and like you said, the Rays look at this game as 27 outs, not six start six innings from the starter, and then and then the, here's your middle reliever, and then here's your setup guy in the eighth, and then here's your closer in the ninth. It's 27 outs. There's going to be some outs that are more important than others. Those don't necessarily come in the exact innings that you can decide beforehand. And you have to use your best to face the best to get those outs. Mm-hmm. However, you get those 27 outs. That's the key. So Tyler Glass now can, can shorten how many outs people that are not as good as Tyler Glass now need to get. And in a short series, that's dangerous. I think, I think everybody... When we, when we look at like these, these postseason matchups, it is kind of funny when we think about, I think as Rays fans, sometimes you look at other teams like, oh, I don't want to face them because they have these guys. You don't want to face them because they have these guys. Everybody else is doing the same thing with the Rays. Like, no, like you said, Shane McClanahan, Tyler Glasnow, uh, and Drew Rasmussen with like a potential Jeffrey Springs and Pete Fairbanks and Jason Adam mixed in to like get those out. They're, they're like, okay, which okay, where's the guys that we can get runs off of in that? Okay, maybe there's like an inning here, an inning there. There's like a, a fourth inning, a sixth inning, and an eighth inning in three games that you have to get your runs on. That's what other people are looking at this team's pitching like. And so I think it's sometimes a better perspective to like take a step back and be like, oh yeah, Tyler Glasnow coming back. That's like, well, you may not want to face Robbie Ray and Luis Castillo in a first round matchup against Seattle, they really don't want to face Shane McClanahan and, and Tyler Glass now in a first game series when you just need two wins and then you move on. Do you remember the four pitchers who threw in game five of the ALDS against the Yankees and in how many innings they threw in what order? Okay. Uh, Tyler Glass now. Yeah. Two, two innings or one and two thirds? Two, th- two, two innings. He, he went two and a third. He faced nine batters. God, he went to the next one. So we'll fit. Then he went to Nick Anderson. Yes. Nick Anderson. And he went like two. Two and two thirds. Faced another nine batters. Turned the lineup over a second time. Uh, man, <laughs> Anderson's arm. You can just, I can hear the tendons <laughs> slowly tearing at each of those innings. It got us that series win, which it I'm got sorry, Nick Anderson. Houston. I'll, I'll trade the rest of your career for, the, for that New York series win. I'm sorry. In Houston, terrible. he was also solid. He was also yeah, solid in Houston. Honestly, though, a lot of players, I feel like this is your moment. How many moments do you get? How right. many moments do you get? Nothing is for granted. Which Everything goes is- into the idea of like, okay, maybe Nick Anderson had hid stuff from the team and maybe shouldn't have been pitching. But you get in that moment, like you work your entire career, go on a run like this. Yeah. And those moments, and those moments live forever. Uh, after Nick Anderson, it was the moment Diego. of Nick Anderson blowing the lead in game six of the world series. will live forever. Yeah, sadly. Well, uh, Diego Castillo next. 
two uh, innings. Pete Fairbanks actually came in. Oh, and Pete. Okay. Oh, that's right. No, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. So Pete Fairbanks after that, then Diego. Then Diego. Two, two, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To finish. So Glasnow faced nine batters. Anderson faced nine batters. Fairbanks faced eight batters. And Castillo faced seven batters. And, like, to me, that was, like, uh, in a situation where you have to use a pitcher on short rest, like, textbook managing in an elimination game. You're not going to let one guy get comfortable and come up and face a Nick Anderson a second time where they can square up a fastball. Mm-hmm. You're just not going to let it happen because now we've got Pete Fairbanks, slightly different arm angle, a little bit more velo on the fastball. That's just a different look. Then you go to Diego Castillo, really hard slider, like really mixing things up. And I think the Rays have the arms to do that again this this postseason. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I mean, like those are all guys that throw very fast with really sharp breaking balls, but they are all different. They are all incredibly different shapes. And we all remember the horrific arm clock uh, from, from yes. Fox that year, but it's, but it's true. I mean, like Pete Fairbanks is coming directly over the top and with maybe the, the best hard breaking ball in, in baseball, like potentially, like it is so, so good. And that's including Tyler Glasnow's curve, which is one of the best in, in baseball. And Nick Anderson's curve at that time, which was truly elite. And Diego Castillo, when this slider was on, which sometimes it wasn't, but on that day, it definitely was, definitely uh, is incredibly tough. And coming from a more of a, a kind of a sidearm almost, not a full submarine, but like a, a not over the top, like Pete Fairbanks. So putting those guys back to back, what an unfair and difficult uh, difficult angle. Yeah, that's that's the type of thing, though, that the Rays still can do. And it's very, with the bad vibes, It's it, we are kind of forget about the pitching sometimes, that the pitching has put the game, every, every game has been in these close games because of the pitching. Yeah, still very much elite pitching staff. You get Glass now back. Again, I mean, I, I think there's going to be a game, if the, if the Rays go deep, if they get to the, at least the ALCS, there's going to have to be a game where you get six innings out of glass. Like that feels like something that's going to happen. We're all going to be on pins and needles watching it. Um, it feels like that's something that might need to happen. You get into a tight series with a, with a Houston. Again, we're still not sure how the, the bracket is going to line up, but I mean, yeah, glass and McClanahan, um, maybe second best one, two punch in the postseason behind obviously New York's DeGrom Scherzer it feels like they're they're right up there. I mean, maybe the Dodgers, Julio Urias, and pick your pick your poison. Clayton Kershaw, maybe I don't know. It doesn't feel like that know. tops like a McClanahan Glass now duo. What's the, what's the Yankees? Cole and Nestor. Cortez. Yeah, yeah I'm taking McClanahan and Glass now. Nestor's been good, but like you, you're always kind of like the stuff isn't quite there. Like, Toronto's it's, got it's, Gosman and Manoa. Manoa's got great stuff. Could be there. Uh, that's an interest. Gosman and Manoa is a really interesting one because Glasnow is better than Gosman, but Gosman's very, very tough. Manoa is really good. I think him and Shane McClanahan are very similar. Both also are reaching their, have reached and surpassed their innings cap. Yes. So like they are both in the like, and both of the stuff has been a little, little less down yep. in September. Like Manoa, the, vo- the velocity is, is down. It, the, the break is down and both have shown really good starts because they're great. So even, even with worse stuff, they're like still better than 95% of all pitchers in the game. But that's the thing. That's what you're looking at two young guys. It's like, okay, 
how how much can they go which then gets you to seattle with robbie ray and luis castillo a little bit older guys more more vets who have who the innings limits are fine um and then the astros who are just better than everyone else by like a lot that and what's great with the astros is like you look at their pitching and you're like okay who's their top two starters and you could be like well framber but then like oh lance mccullers is pretty good and then you're like oh Christian Javier has been really good. Maybe he's yeah. this top starter. Maybe it's Luis Garcia and his wine. Well, and plus Verlander. They're just and Verlander gets obviously game one, game three, game five, game seven. Like he gets all of those. And he's the ageless wonder. The problem with the, the Astros is like all of those pitchers, again, when we're talking about outgetting. <laughs> just pick five. You know, you put Verlander, that's that's your two, you know, that's in the short series that they're not going to face you, you get him twice. So game one, game five, potentially. Now you still have all of these other arms to get through. Yeah. Houston, maybe, maybe somebody, maybe somebody like eliminates them. Would you trade considering the health of everyone? Like if they're hurt, they're hurt. Would you trade pitching staffs right now with Houston? Just straight up trade. So, so health involved. Yes. Josh James is their only hurt pitcher, by the way, which I, that's, I that's really exists. maddening to look at their, their IL and it's, it's three players and they're all 30 <laughs> or above. It's like none of their young guys are hurt. The guys are hurt are Jason Castro and Michael Brantley, who you'd expect to be. <laughs> yeah. Josh uh, Jason James. Castro, who's, who's their like fourth best catcher. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, Sometimes you just got to be healthy. Like that's, that's better than anything else. It's just health. Um, oh, that's a really tough question. Uh, is it for, if it's for like one year? It's for the postseason this year. Oh man. Bullpen included or just rotation? Yes. And I'll include this. It'll ha- the trade happens tomorrow. So this weekend series between the teams, you get to preview what it'd be like to face <laughs> the other. The other. Staff. Oh honestly that's a really tough question because i don't know if anybody like says no or yes like whoever's offering i might because of the age i might if i'm going to the postseason i probably go with the astros because they have a bit more experience you have verlander i mean that's i think that's the biggest thing glass now would, would be really tough to lose and i'll say it knock on wood like shane mcclanahan well over his innings limit just had a pretty big scare. It turned out to be nothing, but right, it like, right. could be a ticking time bomb. I, I hate to say that, but I look at also the bullpen. I think the Rays bullpen is better, but the Astros bullpen isn't bad. But if but Christian Javier and Framber with Verlander, and then using Luis Castillo or uh, Luis Garcia, similar to like a Springs. I yeah, I think I go with. They don't have they 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 got rid of Odorizzi, right? I don't want like just the yes. danger of yeah, him being anywhere him. near. Okay, okay, good. Oh, that, um, yeah. uh, that's like a <laughs> it sinks the whole a trade. Non, it's a it's, it's a non-starter. Like <laughs> you guys, can I have to game. use Odorizzi for at least three innings in one game. No, that's the poison <laughs> pill of the contract. Um, uh, no, yeah, I think I think Verlander's the biggest thing, right? He's been a workhorse. He stays healthy, and he's pitched a ton in October. So. If in that regard, but that's closer than it's closer. It's closer than, than I think people might think. I, I felt like, even though I think the Rays beat him, I felt like I've never seen Framber Valdez lose a game. 
Like, I just think he goes out there. Like, he's really good. Based on my memory alone, he has never lost a bit. He just goes out there, seven innings, four strikeouts, and two walks, and the Astros win five to zero. I'm trying to remember the uh, the the Astros series. Um, I re- I remember Yandi drawing the walk two years and ago. yelling at Framber, like trash talking yeah. that he drew a walk, yeah. which was my favorite Yandi moment forever and ever. It's a perfect Yandi moment. Yeah, I mean, very, like that beats that beats the two home run all uh, wild card game for me. Like just drawing a walk and then drawing at Framber Valdez of all people. Where where is the uh, walk um, derby for the next year's All Star game? And you have Juan Soto and Yandi in the final round. Yeah, so we, it's, Eliminating like, Max Muncy and uh, who's another great walker? A good walk drawer. I feel like uh, now I got to look it up. But anyways, yeah, I mean, Yandi, yeah, that's that's peak for me. I don't know. I would trade it. I think I would do it in a heartbeat. But I might be wrong. Maybe the Rays are better. I think they're both really well managed, but I would take Kevin Cash with – I would take Kevin Cash managing the pitching over Dusty managing the pitching. So whichever yes. one I get, keep, I want to – I, I, I keep Cash. Yeah. Yeah, you keep your coaching staff. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I yeah, like you said, I think you're you're fine with either one. Um, it would be interesting to see, you know, if the Rays are are lucky enough to get to play the Astros at some I point. I think in in terms of depth, this is where that's an interesting question. Is I don't I don't hesitate with any other pitching staff in the American League. You would just say no automatically. Yeah, I would keep the Rays, and that's and that's no disrespect to any of those teams. But I think the Blue Jays, obviously, they are very top heavy, but very thin beyond that. The Yankees are as is, they are as well. I would like have they, made the trade in the in in June, maybe with the Yankees. Maybe, but I I I there's still like some parts of me that I'm like, do I fully believe Nestor is real? Do I do I think uh, Severino's arm stays healthy? Do I think? Uh, I don't like Domingo Herman at all. So like, I don't, you know, do I think uh, Tyone stays healthy? Yeah. It's one of those things where I feel like Cole is great, but again, it's like, I don't know how much I like Cole. I like Nestor, the rest. Nestor's going to get lit up in the playoffs. I think like he's going to have a game where he drops a goose egg. It might be like against like a Toronto, like a right-handed heavy. That's true. Yeah. Toronto. Toronto would be a, yeah, that'd be a tough match. It's interesting though. I feel like we just need to skip through September, get to the seating and then just start yeah, being like, okay, new season. It's a new season. It's a new tournament. And just start talking about that. Cause I'm like already stopped like talking about this regular season. Cause I just, it's tough. Like I, Tyler Glass is going to be exciting and there still be more like Rasmussen and Shane starts, but I'm just mostly just like, just don't, don't just stay healthy and let's get to September. Okay. Real quick, before we go to break, do you make the same trade with uh, the Dodgers considering health? No, no, I think I'm a no too. I'm cl- like no. Dustin. If, May, Bueller's, if, he's if back, Bueller's alive, if Bueller's, if Bueller's still pitching, Yes. Oh, Bueller. I think if Bueller's there, that's a yeah, automatic yes. But sure. but without Bueller, as much as Kershaw, as much as Urias, and as much as Dustin May are really really good, I just I don't. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm yeah. I think I I think I still go with. I don't, I don't, I don't Dustin I don't May is my Ke- 
Tyler Glass now role. Like I have to Dustin throw a Kirk Kimbrell at some point. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a scary, that's a, it's a big roll of the dice. But Dustin May could be near that top tier list. Like if, if he ever gets healthy. Soon. Yeah. Um, so I think like the, he's got lower back tightness. So it sounds like he could pitch in the postseason. I don't know. I, th- I think about that trade with the Dodgers. I think ultimately the only one I would seriously entertain is probably Houston. Like, I think I would take that, but I, I would do the Mets and just be like Max and DeGrom. DeGrom's a free agent. So, like, whatever. Just that's go, like a go, go for it move. Finish okay, the arm. Well, well, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess that's a good question. Are you trading for their contracts as well? Or is it like a rental? Like, they go back and they it would, postseason? I think it would be like one year. Yeah. I think would that, it's just would like, that change your like thinking anyway year. on any of the trades? No, it's still, I'm still thinking just for the postseason okay. and. Oddly enough, I would probably take – I would more close to taking Houston's deal than the Mets, even though the Mets have the two best pitchers that are going to go to the postseason. Yeah. Because because I don't know about the rest of that pitching staff and bullpen. They have good they have good pitchers, but I, – I feel like on the pitching staff trade deadline that we've just set for uh, Tuesday, September – or Wednesday, September 28th, um, I, I don't think I would call the Mets – but if they called me with that offer, I'd be like, oh, it's, hard to, <laughs> it's harder to turn down than it is to like present yeah, the deal. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think I'd have the guts to, to present, to ask for Max Scherzer and J- Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's so, like, but the thought, if someone puts the thought in my head, I'm like, huh, that would be something. Uh, you, I mean, the vibes would be different going into the postseason <laughs> if we had DeGrom They're- and Scherzer. There's always that thing going into the postseason. If you have like two guys like that, where you can be like in a five game series or a seven game series. Yeah. The majority of the games that you're going to have to face are going to be against these two elite guys. So yeah. you have to win one of them. That's what, that's what kind of happened in, in the world series. It was like, you have to beat Kershaw. You have to beat Bueller. You have to win one of those games. They're going to, you're going to face them four times. If you don't beat them, you have to win all the others, and you have to beat the one of those two once. Right. That's that's the tricky thing. So anybody that's going against the Mets, and it's happened, it's happened many times in the postseason that the two-headed juggernaut has failed. But that's still the that's still the the, the probably too tempting to not pass up. Definitely for sure. Um, we're gonna go ahead and take another quick break, and on the other side, I want to talk a little uh, Apple TV. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And we're back on Raise Your Voice after spending the last 20 or so minutes talking uh, House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones and all that fun stuff. But uh, in other television news, uh, we do want to raise our voices a little bit about um, Aaron Judge's chase for the American League home run record, the Yankees franchise record, 61, and all of the uh, television companies and rights owners to these games are kind of uh, all fighting over who gets to air the record tying home run, which he still hasn't hit. So uh, Darby, why don't you raise your voice a little bit? I'm so 
sick of the discourse, Brett. I'm so sick of the discourse. First of all, I want to apologize to everybody listening to this podcast and not watching it on Yes Network, which is honestly a fundamental right as an American that you should be consuming all media on Yes Network because that is the only true way to consume media and proper way. Things have gone insane with the judge. Here's the thing I feel really bad for. Aaron Judge is an awesome player. He seems like a great guy. I can't wait to see him get a ton of money from somewhere. Hopefully not the Yankees. That'd be really fun. And I hope he gets the record too. Like he's, he's like a fantastic player. He, everybody in like baseball seems to love the guy. So, you know, like off the field, like he's like a cool dude and it's great. But the problem is the judge discourse has swallowed everything to the point where this week he's on an Apple TV plus game broadcast right and people are losing their minds some with some very funny jokes about the apple tv you know broadcasters potentially being more interested in like kind of podcasting during a game yeah some funny jokes that's funny which is definitely a directive they're getting from their bosses yeah exactly they're trying to do a different type of broadcast and fine the broadcasts always look fantastic they are less compressed than tv broadcasts so they look great They look very, very high quality. So that's always nice. And we got some good highlights uh, in very high quality of Albert Pujols hitting his 700th home run, which funny enough, it was an amazing call with an amazing call. Um, But yeah, we get to this point where we are worried about the judge game being on Apple TV plus we're, we're worried that, that Michael K will not get to call it. So they're like, well, Michael, will Apple spend money to pay for App- Michael K to broadcast this? Like, why? People were upset that Apple TV didn't give away their broadcast to, to like ESPN or MLB. When this, is the, this is the point of buying. This, this is their deal. first sports rights deal. Like they're trying to get into soccer, into basketball, into hockey. And like they've been doing MLB this year, they're not going to give away their most valuable. Why would product. you give away the team, the game that's like important? Like yeah. this is like finally a game that like, and should they have marketed it better? Maybe, but like viral marketing was basically, I knew that there was a must watch game on Apple TV because literally everybody. This was, this was Tim Cook's plan all along. <laughs> That, that perfect, that's some perfect branding right there because literally everyone was shouting it from the rooftops that the time and channel for this. And you had probably an intern in the in the uh, AG's office of New York, but Letitia James's Twitter basically saying how it was like a, a violation of rights to basically put this on a paid platform. Guess what? This is a free platform. This was free. In fact, if anything, this was a more free and widely accessible broadcast than any of the other MLB TV. You don't have to pay. You have to pay for MLB TV. You have to pay for cable and the Yes Network. You have to pay for cable for ESPN, Sunday Night Baseball. Apple TV is on the browser, on the, 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 the laptop that you are writing your snarky tweet about. Guess what? You can just click on over to an open tab, type in Apple TV, and just remember your Apple login that you we'll have, make a new one. you know you have, or just make a new one. Use a burner, uh, Hotmail account, like 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 civilized people do for all of their yeah. just one-time logins. 
it's so exhausting how people were basically making it seem like it was impossible to watch this. And and it was like, this is so accessible. Now, yes, Apple uh, TV is not available as an app on Android devices, but you can still- On on mobile phones. On mobile phones. It's, but it's fine, guys, it's fine. And, And yes, I also have plenty of, of Twitter accounts and, and folks that I follow that I really like who have, who have long very properly decried baseball's inability to find new markets and to not just be this niche product for the old die-in-the-wool white hardcore fan. White, male, just the two of us, basically. Yeah, exactly. Stop marketing to the two of us. You already we're we're already us. locked in. Yeah, we're good. You got you got our money, Rob. You got us. You don't need to. We honestly don't cater to us anymore, and don't cater to like our older uh, parents who are also already in. They already are locked in. They are the ones that already are watching cable. Okay, this one is a broadcast in really good quality on a platform that actually has some really cool like. Uh, Emmy nominated shows yeah. get a free trial for free and, and, and for free. free yeah this was the this was the opportunity to get people that aren't dyed in the wool sports fans to be like huh a home run record that's kind of cool. well let's check this Apple has a like, baseball let's check it out I, I'm not subscribed to MLB TV I'm not paying money there I'm not paying cable because I'm a cord cutter and I only am watching on Hulu and Netflix and blah 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 this is a great opportunity to get people that aren't dyed in the wool. It's also, guess what? I'm expanding this out. YouTube is even better. I know the broadcast sucks. I hate it too. But guess what? It's a it's it's so easy. Everybody has YouTube. And, Everybody's and, clicking on the YouTube. And both and their then you can apps, watch baseball. Like YouTube's app works so well on mobile phone, so well on a tablet, so well, so well on a smart TV, because that's what they do. They stream video. It's not the Sinclair Broadcast Group creating a Bally Sports app, which sucks because that's not what they're good at. YouTube is like the king of stream. I also like it to have it like on at work. Like it's just easier to pull up youtube.com. You don't need a login. You just click a button and there it is. Free it baseball. Is, it is something that your IT will not be like, what the heck are you doing? Like yeah. you can't log on to MLB TV on your work browser because that would be clearly watching (laughs) sports but youtube i don't know maybe you're watching a tutorial on how to make a pivot table i don't know they don't know either they might be watching it too actually they probably know but they don't care and because they can justify it to their bosses it's absurd the level of vitriol we got until like like straight vitriol like it was it went beyond memeing to the point of people just like losing their minds over the fact that like this game would not be broadcast on the normal channels. But it's guess what? It's not new. It's been happening it's all season. Not new. It's this, not this new. This game was on the schedule for Fine. a long time. There are other networks that carry Yankees games, hint, hint, like the one two days later when ESPN had it on Sunday Night Baseball. And again, I know, I know part of it, the, old, like the, the, the most valid gripe is that Apple wasn't also going to allow live look-ins. I get why Apple wouldn't do that, but I think I think on if it's ever on Fox National, MLB and ESPN, I think have access to do live. I believe they do. Yeah. Moments. So I understand that gripe of like you want everybody not cutting into college football, like some people were upset with on Saturday, uh, but yeah. you want to give people the opportunity to watch this home run, even if they're not watching the game. And I'm not going to be a total shill for Apple here. 
um, because I'm not being paid by them. Uh, if they do want a full shill, then they can pay me. Uh, and I would be glad to. My, my morals will go right out the window. Come on, Tim Cook, give me some money. Come on, Tim Apple. Um, <laughs> but no, I- hey, Do they want to sponsor d Ray's Bay maybe? We, 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 yeah, we come on. Yeah. Now, I, there, you, you bring up some great points, Brad. Like there, there is some things where this has come to the cold uh, capitalistic uh, end point. But the level of moralism around baseball always makes my eyes roll. And when it comes around trying to shame corporations moralistically, it's just like, why are we wasting our breath? But then it, it did became a very fun thing that the next day on Saturday, all these college football fans, which amass even larger numbers than baseball fans, are like enraged by the idea that in the middle of their games, we're having to watch Aaron Judge, they're like, who is this? What is happening? <laughs> I get back to Alabama. What is happening right now? It's very funny. We've gotten to this point, and and it it's all kind of part of this big narrative where this home run race, which is important, I think 61 is an important number in baseball. It has gotten to this weird level where it's like the most important home run number in baseball to the point of widely just ignoring the fact that we saw Barry Bonds hit 73. We saw Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa hit over 60. We can acknowledge that this is an achievement. We can acknowledge the Roger Maris family. We can acknowledge the, the great moment for both a team history and for American League, but we can do it in such a way that it feels like Yankee fans can only really accomplish, which is this level of agreement, this personal we matter more than whatever you want or like to the level where we all have to care, not just about this, but more than anything about this. And I just, I just don't, I don't care as much as Yankee fans and I'm never going to care as much as Yankee fans. And you can't make me, you'll never make me just enjoy it. Why do you have to make everything be not just about you, but make everybody bend the knee to the idea that we all have to just care deeply? And if you're angry that Michael K isn't broadcasting this, everybody else has to be equally furious. We, uh, you know, I did watch a historic home run on Apple TV that night. It wasn't Aaron Judge's 61st home run. It was Albert Pujol's 700th home run. Some might argue a more impressive um, achievement. Um, you know, 60 has been done a few times. Guys have gotten 70. Um, only three other baseball players have reached 700, and they're, you know, arguably the three best hitters of all time. Um, so to see Albert Pujols join that 700 club, uh, he went into the game with, with 698, and honestly, I was thinking with two weeks left in the season that he might not get to that 700. But he got them both on Sunday night on Apple TV TV Plus. There was no hoopla from anybody because nobody expected him to come into that game and hit two home runs. But the moment was on Apple TV Plus. I was able to see it. I was able to enjoy it. I was watching on my dad's Samsung smart TV where it was still incredibly easy to access Apple TV Plus and watched it. And uh, it was awesome. And it was a great call. The Apple production team did an amazing job and that's their own production team because they're the only network broadcasting this game and uh, i really enjoyed it i thought the play-by-play the -play, uh, person i don't know who it was 
but I thought he did an incredible job. And uh, thank you, Tim Cook, for letting me watch Albert Pujols' 700th home run. And we got some great, uh, great footage from the field from our yeah. own Trisha Whitaker, who was there, of course, uh, yes. broadcasting. Which did was she great. do she an interview with him? About. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Trisha I was, was hoping. there. She got to do the interview. She got to to, to record from the dugout, uh, see the celebration. The only TV interview from the game. It's fantastic. Like, what a great, what a great moment, and what an awesome moment in that in that situation, though, because he had to get two home runs. The the season is winding down. Two weeks ago, I don't think we even are we a month ago. Nobody's even thinking Albert gets the seven hundred. It's been like a pretty fun run for Albert back in St. Louis. He has gone on a unholy tear that has been so fun to watch. Just keep seeing like every night be like, oh, Albert hit another one. Albert hit another one. Also, these home runs have been like huge. They, they like, haven't been meatballs. Them, two of them have been in, in Pittsburgh that like have given them the lead from being down. Like yeah. he, he just like winning He's hit them like 440 feet. Like they're bombs. It's incredible. This is like a fountain of youth thing. Like it's crazy. It's like, that's Albert Pujols in a Cardinals uniform. Like that's flashing me back. Like this I is mean, David machine. Ortiz, his last year with Boston, he was incredible. It's kind of fun. It's really, really fun to see him get 700. Also seeing him do it in, in LA was great. Like yeah. he, he was just with those teammates. Like that was a great, like LA. I feel like the Dodgers kind of helped revitalize Pujols yeah. after being lost in the desert of Anaheim and being stuck on the most miserable franchise that just sucks the life out of the greatest athletes we have in our sport, <laughs> slowly decaying them into husks <laughs> where all the joy leaves them. And then, so like, look at what happened with Albert Pujols, get, get Shohei and Trout off of the angels and let them become yeah. superhuman, like let them find the joy in the sport again. But it's great to see Albert do it in LA. The fans gave him like, it was so fun to see, like, because the Dodgers have clinched literally everything they can possibly clinch. They're the best team in the National League. Nobody's even coming close to them. So, like, the fans get to be like, you know what? This is just great. Sorry that you had to give up the home run, but guess what? We're all going to cheer. We're all just going to yeah. celebrate this one because it's Albert. Like, you got to be there for history. And and who doesn't love Poole? He's been, like, he's been a statesman of the game. He's going out. He's retiring. The Cardinals are going to be in the playoffs. And we're going to see him in the playoffs, yeah. He might have a couple more uh, in the postseason. but He's already a two-time yeah, he... World Series champion. And and he's got to be, I think, the guy with the next be best chance of being a unanimous Hall of Fame inductee. I don't have a good argument against him not being unanimous. Like, I don't, I don't think... Yeah, there is I mean, a good is, argument. I mean, there's a lot of people that have him. good arguments to have, be unanimous, and their only one has ever done it. So, well, I'm sure we're going to have somebody come up with something. It's not going to be a good argument, though. It's going to be like, oh, he's got he has to be older than he says. It's going to be something like that with no evidence and just kind of. I, I could see, I could see somebody pulling some really bad, like, yeah. But like, here's the thing: he said no legitimate PED allegations, and he, the prime of his career was during the steroid era still and he played in the field he wasn't a dh yeah which which is a big you know it's it's a knock that some of the older writers have but he was a he was a first baseman for the vast majority of his career the angels years definitely kind of suck a little wind out of the sails but guess what 
He then goes to the Dodgers, has a, some nice moments, and then this final run. That's what I'm saying. This, this season kind of pushes him over it. the edge. Like he is not Getting only this- a Hall of Famer, but one of the best ever. 700 is an elite. Like that is the. I think that might be the number in yeah. baseball, like in terms of position players, yeah. because that is that is the best of the very very best. Like you think of some players that hit a lot of home runs that were great that never got to 700 because that was most of them yeah. but albert did and and yeah 699 would have been also amazing because that's more than everybody but three but 700 is really cool yeah no, really, no perfect definitely, perfect number you if you just choose to acknowledge his san diego years which are so there's 12 seasons with with the cardinals um 326 batting average, 417 on base, 613 slugging, 466 career home runs, uh, a OPS plus because I'm looking at baseball reference right now, a 169 WRC or OPS plus in his 12 seasons with the Cardinals. Um, that's a Hall of Fame resume. He could have played 12 years and not been. That's it for his career, and that's a Hall of Fame resume. And not all the years in, in Anaheim were, were awful. None of them were really very good, but he did have a 40 home run season in there. Like he is, mm-hmm. yeah. He, I, again, no good argument for him to not be unanimous. No, I, it's, it's obviously one of the other people in the 700 club, uh, Barry Bonds is not in the hall of fame due yeah. to a lot of reasons, I guess, but you know, should be, Hank Aaron somehow wasn't unanimous. Babe Ruth. <laughs> Racism, probably. Well, yeah, yeah. I think when we, a lot of with baseball, it's like somehow it's like, oh yeah, uh, that yeah. one. That, yeah, <laughs> it's that again. Uh, our old nemesis. Um, <laughs> and then Babe Ruth, you have. Yeah, like who who was know. voting against Luke Gehrig? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Babe Ruth, you'd be like, okay, there might be some character flaws. Ty Cobb. Burning his, his poor wife, Helen. Yeah, lot, exactly. You know, burning. Lou Gehrig. <laughs> Lou Gehrig, I thought just everybody just liked Lou Gehrig. Like, some, somebody probably made like, oh, his career length could have been better <laughs> than being like, come on! Jesus Christ, man! What are you doing? But like, if you only had like one or two more years, yeah. if, uh, you know, I don't know. Ted Williams? Somebody was like, nah. Yeah, American great. hero, like war hero. Splendid splinter. <laughs> What happened between the years of 1942 and 1945, huh? I was fighting Nazis. Don't see any stats. Oh, yeah, he was kicking Nazis' ass. Uh, it's like, it is kind of incredible that the level of non... Uh, you almost want to be in the club that doesn't get, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> unanimous because, wow. Yeah, like, wow. Gets, it's like, what does this even mean? Like, Mariana, <laughs> you're great, but, like, you're not the best baseball player ever. <laughs> And Griffey Jr. Just, yeah. Only if you could be a little bit more charismatic and maybe impact, you know, the youth more of the yeah. of an entire generation of baseball. Jackie Robinson. Why why don't, uh, why didn't you steal two home plate? Like, why didn't you steal home twice? Like, what, just once? Come on. It's, yeah, it's pretty rama- amazing. I, Poole should be uh, unanimous. He was incredible. Uh, even still, it's a first ballot Hall of Fame. Uh, and this, this moment, this like, kind of to end on a high we talk about vibes a lot in this episode this ending run for albert pools is just pure great vibes it's just so great because it's like we grew up watching this guy be one of the best that ever played and even with somebody like ichiro 
who is like one of the one of my absolute favorite players to watch. He ends, you know, with some kind of down years, still showing some nice flaw, like, you know, some excitement, but like it doesn't end exciting. Pujols is back in the Cardinals uniform and he is had a fun chase and he hit 700 home runs. That is what an amazing, what an amazing cap right now, because there could be some playoff magic, but like what an amazing last run for Pujols to remind us uh, of what a legendary player he is. I almost kind of wish the Cardinals like weren't going to the playoffs. Like, and that was it. Like that was, uh, you know, the end of, uh, uh, What's the Bernie Mac movie we watched for Who's on Horse? <laughs> Mr. 3000. <laughs> Mr. 3000. Like, that's just kind of at the end of the road, go off the hero, even though he didn't actually get it. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's been the happiest I've been, like, watching a baseball game in a long, long time. Like, probably just a couple months. Um, but still, like, it's been, like we said, the vibes are bad. It, it, was, it was a happy, joyful moment. And uh, you can watch it live on Apple TV+. Plus. Apple, hit us up if you want to. Well sponsored. We're big fans. <laughs> Although those are the last games of the season on Apple TV, so we'll run it back next year. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Raise Your Voice. We we kind of just raised our voices the entire time. There was there was lots of stuff to discuss, lots of opinions to be to be had, and ultimately a fun episode. Darby, thanks for hopping on. Absolutely, I loved it. Always always available for a good rant. Yes, oh, definitely. It was, it's definitely been needed when, when the vibes are bad. So uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, make sure to head on over to DRaysBay.com for all the great Rays coverage. If you want every episode of all the podcasts we do on the DRays Bay Podcast Network, make sure to subscribe or follow on your preferred podcast platform. Um, if your platform allows it, leaving a rating and review is the best way to spread what we do to more and more Rays fans. Once again, thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you.